Oh yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah. What up? Are we live? We live. Oh, we're live. All right. <laughs> I need some coffee. I think that's what. I think I need to take a sip of this mug right here. <laughs> Pinky's up, bro. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Live. How are you guys doing? This is another edition of That's Canon. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> Sorry. Since I could. <laughs> hold my <laughs> There's certain lines oh. that as soon as you say them, you automatically yeah. think of a song. Yeah. Dude, every time you say it's yeah. been a while, that's what I say. That bad every stain time. Yeah, that's that song on my brain. <laughs> That stained what? That stained song on my brain because the band's stained, isn't it? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it is. It's, it it is their one and only hit. I can <laughs> yeah. guarantee you that much. And you know who it's was very, a strong very, supporter? Limp Bizkit's Fred Durst. So, mm-hmm, you know go. where that's going. Very Nickel Ballish track. <laughs> Nickel Ballish? Nickel Backish. My goodness. More coffee, please. Nickel Crappish is what you also could have said. Would have also been Yay-o. acceptable. The judges have spoken. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So, yeah, it's been a while. So, but thank you guys for tuning in to another edition of That's Canon. We're going to be going over the Descenders. Mm. I said that was such. No, I, I shouldn't say. I actually like Descenders. But we're going to be discussing mm. Descenders, which was written by. Who wrote Descenders? Jeff Lemire. Who was the first author we discussed? Because oh, he wrote. Shit. Yeah, when we did the first issue, yeah, he he's the one that wrote, if I'm not mistaken, uh, yeah. Moon Knight, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. The Moon Knight that we read. And then we also got really excited when he was going to be taking a stab at Sentry because we're like, he does mental issues really well. Yeah. And then mm. what did he do? Wrote a story about a robot where emotions are fake. Hmm. Interesting. That's true. He did Old Man Logan too. I forgot. Did he? Oh, oh did he? That, yeah, that's true. That is oh, when yeah, when he finds out what he did to the X Men. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll turn into a whole 10, 20 minute conversation <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything, but we'll love it. Yeah. So yeah. guys, this one we're gonna be doing the uh, the rundown and then going into the elevator pitch. So I'll start you guys off first. Ten years after planet-sized robots called Harvesters appeared and wrecked havoc across the galaxy, a young android named Tim-21 makes wakes to find that all robots have been outlawed. But Tim may hold the secret to the Harvesters in his machine DNA, and he quickly becomes the most wanted robot in the universe. With bounty hunters and threats lurking at every turn, Tim embarks on a mind-blowing adventure through the stars along with his robot dog Bandit and a lumbering mining droid Driller. A heartfelt, Driller. yeah, Driller's pretty awesome. A heartfelt, rip-roaring science fiction odyssey written by Jeff Lemire, and featuring beautiful, fully painted artwork by Dustin Nguyen. Yeah, mm-hmm. not so mind-blowing as it just blowing. But I mean, you didn't like Whoa. the art? Like, I, I will. I will. Oh, okay, we'll say that. I'll keep that. it. I will keep it. <laughs> but with that said, I want you to do the elevator pitch first. Hit us, buddy. Hit uh. us. Um, actually, I could actually probably do a good elevator pitch because I, the concept's not bad. But um, if I was going to, I'd be like, hey, so um, you know, everyone does the um, the AI apocalypse, and my boss would be like, yeah, yeah, what's up? And I'm like, oh, I want to do the anti uh, robot apocalypse. How does that start? Well, it starts with the AI apocalypse, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and then you know, then they then like you know these big guys like kind of like a god type 
sized uh, robots will destroy everyone and then we'll yeah. be like what the hell and then they'll disappear randomly because you know when people want to take over stuff they just decide to destroy everything and leave yeah. and then you know the world the rest of the, the the world will you know destroy all robots you know it's like the anti-bender instead of kill all humans kill all robots and um it's it's very interesting yeah. when you bring that up it's like what was their purpose of coming down was it to yeah. create I don't know. It was like yeah. to destroy yeah. things, but then they left before everything was destroyed. And then humans, <laughs> and humans were like, oh, robots tried to kill us. Let's kill all the robots we have. Is that your pitch? Is that? <laughs> I was yes, done my pitch, actually. I think, yeah, that's part. I, I'm I adding on more. to your pitch, but go you ahead. You have more for your pitch? A little bit. Because then my boss would be like, "Well, your boss that sounds, that sounds a little that, that sounds a little convoluted. How are you gonna How are you gonna pass this by? Well, I'm gonna create some really weird drawings. That's gonna be really confusing to people. So hopefully, they'll just continue." <laughs> oh, taking a stab yeah, at the artist. You were describing those godlike robots. I'm like, how are they standing? Are they bigger than the planet Earth? What? Because the way the art depicts them is just like they're yeah. like these massive, massive eyes in the sky, but you only see like half their bodies, which means that the other half is that they have to be bigger than the planet Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're definitely they're so big that they if they're standing on Earth, their upper body goes beyond the yeah. atmosphere which in it's itself much a marble to one robot yeah yeah, yeah there's what so. nine robots one for each planet in their nine planet system yeah uh yeah. so which, my that was nice right, yeah that's... my pitch is uh hey boss uh i just got a quick thing i'll ride i'll, I'll ride the elevator with you have you seen the matrix yeah can i tell you the story of the matrix from the perspective of a kid who survives the matrix culling before the matrix actually happens what do you mean? You know how in the Matrix, there's that whole part where the robots keep getting killed in the streets? I want to tell that story from the perspective of one of the robots that ends up being important. That doesn't sound interesting to me. No, 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 no. I can make it interesting. And I got this new kid, this Nguyen kid. He's got some mad art style. It's not even just like sketches. He does paintings, man. It's like, that sounds really expensive. Yeah, no, he 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 owes me, so we gonna do it this way. What do you think? I can I can. Oh, you're getting off the elevator? Wait, wait, wait I'll, I'll throw in something cool. There's an alien chick. Okay, all good. right, fine. Yeah, all right, you exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The usual. There There's a blue alien chick. She's hot. Okay, do it. I don't. You know, the, the nerds will read that. That's how I felt about that character. Anyways. That's it. Yeah. That's all she was. And yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's. I don't really have much else to add to the elevator pitch. I just think it's the story of an android's coming coming of age. Yeah. And oh, that's a good one. See, Toby, that, that right? was the best that, one. That's dude. the one that would make it work. That's the one that would make it work. <laughs> an android coming of age is actually the quickest and easiest elevator pitch, and uh, actually, well done. <laughs> I like that Toby's just like I don't have much to add except the perfection, <laughs> except for the bomb. <laughs> With the mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's pretty much what this is. You know, he's like the only one of his kind left, and he's just trying to figure out where to go from here. Yeah. yeah I yeah. wake up one day, and I'm the only one left. I am the last man, actually. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. That, I think that's that, a good one. I think that's a good one. Right. That's very possible. Cool. All right. So usually following our elevator pitch we go into our judgment call and as you guys may all recall toby is an or two <laughs> which, which means i'm out of this one uh it is the winner of the first episode doc versus the actually did you win the first episode or is dave on a three-game winning streak here? i i i took it i took a, i had a bit of a winning streak first two. doc won the last one yeah, yeah. that's true all right, so it is winner versus winner here. Uh, Doc versus Dave. They faced each other in the first 
first uh, issue of the season, but uh, as we all know how that went down, um, Dave, Dave won. Um, so today is <laughs> Dog versus Dave. And I think we will let Dave go first. I don't mind. I don't mind being first in presentation. Returning champ. Returning champ. That's right. That's right. All right. So I guess I will, uh, I will, let me... I will tell you when your time is ready. Just good, give me good. one second. You got your character? Uh, I got what I'm going to pitch, yeah. Okay, cool. Right, we'll so. go in three, two, one. You know what? We don't have enough, as of late, enough good evildoers. We're lacking them in the mutant variety. Some should be have a bond like a brotherhood. The group I will be promoting today is the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Wow. So... Starting off, I know they've been exposed a bit, but the reason why I bring them up today is because they've been shat on with everything since the 2000s. Uh, they weren't really well represented in uh, the X-Men Evolution cartoon show. Uh, they were not; they were horribly represented in the X-Men movies, uh, especially, especially uh, the third one. Uh, they were not good in any of the other versions of it. They tried to do a good one in X-Men First Class, but again, very much lacking. And before I bet Brian will bring this up, it is not because that they got a chance to shine and that they screwed up. It's because the people who wrote it shot them in the foot. They threw them in the garbage before they even got to the race. It is a perfect group that should be utilized if done correctly. Key characters in this group would be Magneto, who's always interesting if done well. Mystique, who has to come back to the dark side. Toad is probably the only good thing that came out of X-Men 1 in regards to that, because it was a cool version of himself instead of having the fat bastard version of him. Uh, Pyro's an interesting character that needs to be brought in. So is Avalanche. So uh, Sabretooth is usually part of the group. Sure, you could have him. Same with uh, Juggernaut. Needs to be repolished because they screwed that up in popular culture today. Uh, well, I mean, mind you, they did a good job in Deadpool 2, but still very limited. Uh, and I think it's very much needed. It's needed in both comic books because the X-Men have been lacking in a team to fight for a really long time. Uh, again, it is a, a solid win in regards to making movies. Uh, and you need to have that opposing force. Personally, for me, in the new X-Men franchise that they're obviously going to do with, uh, with Marvel, first movie should be just like the animated series. It's about Jubilee and Sentinels. Next movie, Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Why? Where there's a yin, there's a yang. There needs to be a balance. There's been so much X-Men, but no counterpart. They need to be there. And that's basically it. I don't even, I'm not even going to do much of a, a soapbox because in itself, it explains itself. It's just logical. It's logical, Brian, that it, they would come back. It's needed to come back. And frankly, there needs to be a strong force because frankly, you have all sorts of team-up movies and all sorts of team-up shows and no show has done a good team, a bad, bad team, and the best bad team, or one of the best bad team, is the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait to do mine. <laughs> I'm done. Sorry, Toby. You cut out for a split second. What'd you say? Yeah, no, it's okay. I'm going to save it for, for when I judge. No worries. You're ready. I'll let you go in three, two, one. It's funny that you picked a group of villains because I literally also picked a group of villains <laughs> and that makes me so happy that you did that because when you said it, I was just like, this is perfect. It's, it's So right. I will just say the Council of Five is the group of villains from the comic book Wanted 
If you guys ever read the comic book Wanted, Mark Millar, he wrote the story, and from the first issue alone, they made a horrible movie, speaking of actors who are in X movies, that McAvoy starred in. And it was horrible. And you know why the movie was horrible? Because they literally cut out the best part of the movie, the actual villains. The Council of Five is a group of villains made up of the Professor, Adam One, the Future, the Emperor, and Mr. Rictus. These characters, the Council of Five, have the world divided into different areas, North, North and South America to the Professor, Africa to Adam One, the Future got, em got Europe, the Emperor got Asia, and Mictorisus had Australia and Oceania. The reason you need a super group of villains on the big screen is not necessarily for stories that have already been told poorly, but more for stories that can be the future. And the Wanted universe was never explored properly. They made one horrible movie that didn't focus or feature on anything that was anything related to the story. There is so much to be done with these characters. They run the world. They're part of a fraternity that beat all the superheroes. They, they are untouchable. You essentially commit crimes and you you just get away with it the comic book had so much and so many interesting things going on there's there's they time they they travel through portals into other universes they kick ass they run the world they they run business and on top of that one of the best parts of it is their secret society no one knows about and the world trucks on perfectly it's like having an elite like an masterfully evil illuminati but no one knows the story of them because they're in one comic book that nothing got told about. When they decide to make the movie, you skipped over the most interesting part. These guys are the key to such interesting storytelling and could do so much. You could do prequels about them, how they got their powers, how they got their empires. You could literally tell the story of how they just became. You could do it in comic books. You could do it in video games. You could do a TV show. You could do it on HBO. You could do it on AMC. You could do it in all those networks. Anyone with cable could do this story better than the movie did because the movie wanted to speak to the mass public, but this is the type of thing that the mass public could absorb if it was done on cable and done right. Netflix, Hulu, any one of those guys could do something so cool with this. And instead, we got a crap movie, and I think they deserve a story to be told because they are really interesting characters. Done. All right. So this, this is cable versus Booster Gold all over again. Oh, snap. <laughs> all right. Um, in defense... Mm -hmm. Uh, we will let oh, our oh, we'll let our champ okay. we'll let our champ go first and defend uh or I guess take down or if you choose to defend your your side again you can definitely do that but you have a minute to take down his argument so ready set go oh uh, first of all to say that um it's not good to have like it's because they did bad storytelling that's why they can't do mine uh yours was bad storytelling both in the movie and in the freaking comic book one issue you want to know why they had one issue because it was probably boring probably sucked and that's why they didn't continue uh the movie sucked everything about wanted kind of sucks it's not a really good story the actual good guy that you're following is a jackass and he's useless why would i want to follow the bad guys trying to stop him i don't give a fuck i don't care frankly meh Man, what, 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 what? Oh, they're fighting a, a woven tapestry. That's what's happening here. And oh yeah, you're gonna say, oh well, that didn't happen in the comic book. Well, you wanna know why they didn't bring it to the they didn't bring it to the full screen? Because everything about the comic book sucked. I can't wait. All right, anything else? Okay, uh, let me reset time right here. Doc. You ready? Oh, baby. You ready? Yeah. Set. 
Yeah. Everything you said was factually wrong. The reason that they did that is because they bought the rights to the story based off of the first issue, not the sixth issue run that he did. That's why there was so much stuff missing. Not because it was bad. He hadn't even written that stuff yet. So your entire argument is based in pure bull and guess what in the comic book there's literally a monster made of shit and that would be interesting to see that's my point no one knows enough about this stuff because they haven't written the story well and to go to the brotherhood guess what it's been done to death they wanted to do a magneto movie they didn't even do it because they didn't even feel it would be worth it they took mystique and they threw her in with the good guys because they didn't even want to tell her story because she's actually one of the most despicable people and they couldn't even figure out a way to make the story redeemable with her there's so much stuff that they don't want to do with these characters especially with disney because disney wants to go in a more positive direction they're not going to do those stories and they wouldn't even do it well because it's already been done and they don't want to dip into a bad pool again bong into a deadpool oh. all right so well, let's go back here timer okay. off that was pretty pretty good so let me start with the brotherhood uh magneto is one of my favorite x-men mm. um he's his story is the way he came to be his presence his power set his intelligence his uh he's just overall what you would want in a leader mm -hmm. uh, now his sort of motives may be misplaced at times. Mm. Um, he's oddly enough one of the few villains that I know that really has uh, his emotions show quite a bit. Uh, he lets his emotions drive um, his intentions. He lets his emotions drive a lot of the times his goals and which is probably what leads to a lot of the failure that he sees. Um, definitely do think they haven't been done well. Uh, X2 probably came close to doing them well. Uh, the Brotherhood X3 gave them a bigger spotlight, but then just did not put the story of the pieces together very well at all. Um, Mystique definitely is better as a bad character than the this good sort of... I don't even know what she is now, but that version of Mystique needs to go. Um, I need my previous version uh, back. Um, going to Wanted... I agree with Doc. I think they should have definitely waited for all six issues before making the movie. There's so much more to be told in this universe, especially with the Council of Five. Um, I remember Mr. Rictus, one yeah. of the characters. He His story to me was pretty interesting in the sense that, like, he's uh, was he the one that outlived his children? Actually? No, that's, that's Adam that's, One. A, that's Adam One? Yeah, okay. Africa. So Mr. Rictus is the one where, like, he was religious, and yes. then he had an accident, he was about to die. Yeah. I'm sorry, he was actually, he died on the operating table, and because he's religious and he expected to go to heaven, yeah. he didn't see, he didn't see heaven, he saw nothing. Yeah. And that, the fact, and then he came back to life, like, he yeah. survived, he just died briefly. He comes back, and all of a sudden, he's like, wait a second. Yeah, there's nothing. I died, and there was no heaven. All these things I believed in all my life, and that in itself drove him to hate and drove him to to this dark side of things where it's just like, well, if there's nothing good, and, yeah, what's the point? Uh, then what's the point of me even being good? So he that's what drives his character. Adam 1 is the, one of the first immortals. Outlived his own children. There's a lot to be told there as well. Mm -hmm. um, and the Council of Five is actually based off of a Japanese, I don't know if you know, the Council of Five Elders. Oh, no, I, that I didn't know. Yeah, there's, like, this Japanese ruler who wanted to make sure his son um, was, his like, actually his heir. So he created the Council of Five Elders to ensure that that goes down. So I'm sure there's a little bit of, like, drawing mm -hmm. from that in here. Okay. 
Um, and the professor, he's the one who came up with the plan to eliminate yeah. all heroes. Yeah. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot more story here. And unfortunately, because I haven't had enough of that, I haven't gotten enough of it before, I'm going to have to go with, with the, the Council of Five. Because there's a lot to be told here. I know a lot about the Brotherhood already. I know a lot of people do. Unfortunately, no just like Nightcrawler in their previous episode, um, he they have seen their spotlight. They just haven't gotten their fair share, which I yeah. hope they end up doing. But... I don't know how else they're going to tell the story without retelling it. And if they're going to retell it, it better be done right the next time because there won't probably be a next time after that. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see a fresh take. And I think in this situation, sorry, Dave, but your win streak is over. I am going with the Council of Five. And I retire. <laughs> <laughs> you should have retired on top, man. You should have taken that loss. Fifty. You should have gone fifty and zero, like that. But it, 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 it didn't happen. <laughs> it didn't happen. The reason I picked right. them is specifically because you said don't use the Invincible Universe, and I was just like, "There's a lot of universes out there, and we should explore them all." Um, yeah. yeah. If so they make that go. movie, I'm not gonna watch. <laughs> but, but that's yeah, what, yeah, you will. Yeah, I would. I would because I would. <laughs> but that's the thing. I don't even think it should be a movie. They should do a TV show no. on yes. like HBO because you can't tell the story of Wanted in. It'd have to be a rated R movie, and there's too much story to tell. Whereas you could yep. do a season, and you could do it on you know HBO or Netflix or something where you can just go. As, I mean, even Netflix, I would say, wouldn't want to touch this. I'd say you really need to go like like HBO or Showtime, like one of those Amen. networks that's like cool with just slitting throats and stuff. Cause right. like literally a shit monster smothers somebody to death in feces. <laughs> like it's disgusting. Like it's a crazy story. Doc so. has a feces fetish. <laughs> no. I have a good story fetish. No. That's what but for well, no. listen, they have the whole Malar world yeah, going down. So maybe eventually we will see this. That would be great. Um, yeah. But one yeah, thing, yeah. one thing for the the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. The only reason why I think it'd be a good idea is honestly because that that should be the Rogue movie. I always thought that if Rogue had a standalone movie, which would be her or origin movie, you could set up, you could set up Mystique. You could set up have Magneto in the background, and you could have the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. They get Rogue. Rogue does the whole absorbs Miss Marvel and gets the powers and all that type of stuff. Like that's. But you like everything you're describing. I agree. It's just those are things that are down the road, and they've already attempted to do part of it. And they mess it up so bad. But and that's the thing. That's what. <laughs> that's why so I'm trying my best to argue characters that they have not done, because yeah, all the characters hard. they've done. They've done poorly. Like they haven't done any of the characters that we feel deserve more shine. Well, because that's the whole reason that's we're bringing true. them up. Mm. So we should create a judgment, a different judgment call segment, which is like, well, who can well, do who better? No, well, yeah, no. You're. I think. I think in these cases, if you're gonna pit me a character like a group uh, like Doc did versus a group that I already know of, chances are if that group that he pitched is is more interesting or has something that hasn't been done, I'll probably lean more that way. To be honest, because. It's it's newer, it's fresh, and if and and they might not even do them right when they come yeah, out, oh, right? For sure. So yeah, that that's a major and then concern. a year from exactly, and then a year from now we could be trying to make an argument for yeah. you know they deserve better shine or something like that because they weren't done right. And that you know? but, the wanted movie was to my advantage because they literally cut out oh, the they big it up. They, everything. They, yeah, yeah. Anyways, we it should was, do, we should do an episode where we review all these judgment calls and see what's actually come to fruition. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, there's a few. Like the invisible stuff is gonna happen. Yeah. Then, well, invisible well, uh, been turned into a series on what, Amazon, your, I think. Uh, although it didn't win, you're you're getting your internals. Eternals, yeah. yeah. Eternals, yeah. I got my shatter star, which got shattered. <laughs> shatter I need a moment. <laughs> All right. Discussion. 
Cool. Discussion of Descender. Um, what did we think of Tim 21? I mean, it's interesting, but kind of, I, I don't know. An android coming of age. I mean, you really yeah. hit it on the head when you like, said it. It yeah. really is the story of an android who's been asleep for 10 years. He, he didn't know. So it's like, you know, Rumple not Rumple. what's the name of the old man by the water that wakes up? Oh, I don't. I don't. That know that that doing. like really famous fairy tale. I always forget the old, name. Old it's man not, by the water. Yeah, it, he's like he fell asleep and then he wakes up and it's like twenty years later. Oh no, I don't remember. And that's the that ah man because it's not Rumpelstiltskin. I don't no, remember no, this. Definitely not. Rip Van Winkle. There we go. Oh, Rip Van Winkle. Uh, it's it's like a Rip Van Winkle story. You wake up. It's ten years has passed. You have no clue what's going on. The last time you were awake, everything was fine. Mm. And then when you wake up, and because you're a robot, you get to wake up after a, a disaster that's killed everybody has come. Mm. And now we as readers are following your story trying to figure out what's going on. I mean, the story doesn't actually start with him. It does start with... It starts with the actual destruction invasion. Yeah. or invasion. And then it and, leads... and we meet Dr. Kwan, the guy who supposedly created all these machines mm -hmm. that are pretty much part of society now on Earth. Yeah. Yeah. And then it, then it leads to you finding Tim, Tim walking around and basically piecing things together and then he eventually attaches himself to the equivalent of what is the internet and he finds out what's happened in the last yeah. 10 years and you find he finds out that 90 percent of the the robots have been destroyed and that scrapers exist scrapers being uh, a group of people who go out to just find and kill robots scrappers scrappers so is it scrappers or scrapers Reapers? yeah scrappers yeah. scrappers, scrappers yeah. sorry um and you know and which makes logical sense to be quite honest uh, in this in this reality. Oh, for sure. Like, uh, that's one thing that I could not fault humans yeah. for. Like, I, I get that it's an unfortunate reaction because, well, f five robots did this, so every robot is guilty. Uh, but but that speaks a thing on humanity in itself. Yeah, but the th the difference between humanity and robots it sucks. But AI is not human yet. No. You know, like I the AI doesn't have an emotional connection mm. yet. You know, that we know the a yeah, the AI that we know of is mimicking emotion. Mm. Uh, there's a base program that they might c share. They might be linked. Should you have destroyed them all? Maybe not. Should you have shut them all down and done tests? That's more no. what you could have done. But in a moment of mass fear and panic, well, human I mean, nature all, is burn it, burn yeah. it all. Well, you know, I mean, like, like, if you think, because you also think about it and how they described it, it made it sound and like the human race in this is not necessarily human. It's human. It's any humanoid in this situation. Yeah, because you're talking yeah. about like yeah, yeah, yeah. green and blue aliens as well yeah, being yeah. considered part of these like nine planets or whatever. You'd have to assume that at least half of that population got destroyed by the attack in itself. So yeah, right away they're outnumbered in that. So you'd obviously want to equal things out. Mm. Um, but no, so it goes to that, and then after, uh, oh, so then the people eventually, since he links up to the internet, people find him or figure out where he is, and then it's a race to Timmy. Uh, I'll give him the nickname, Timmy. Ew! Uh, Timbo! <laughs> Timmy Tim Deuce won! You know? <laughs> Nothing um, makes him seem the cool. The 2-1. <laughs> um, but no, then uh, eventually his quote-unquote creator finds him, and then uh, scrape scrappers find them, and then bring them to their planet because they... Uh, well, whoa, oh, you're I skipping said, over a huge yeah, part. Okay, yeah. They also find that, that the father of of modern robotics is yeah. woken up because you know, like you said, Tim goes out and figures everything out. The father of modern robotics is just like you know, he's in debt. He's just kind of like low life because mm. people blamed him for what happened. Yeah, you're obviously. the father of robotics, and these robots all went crazy and destroyed half our population. What is your connection? What happened? 
we need to know. And then, you know, he 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 essentially gets forced to follow the UGC, the Universal what? Galactic Council or yeah, something. Yeah, there like you that. go. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, he gets taken on this thing under the guise of like a discussion, but while he's walking with them, it's very much the sense of like an interrogation. Yeah. Yeah, and then you start to find out the base, the base code or DNA, as the write up says, the codex. Yeah, is in Timmy's Superman thing there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) In the Timmy, the Tim. Damn you! You got me saying Timmy, but Tim (laughs) Twenty (laughs) One. Tim Twenty One's base code is the same as the Harvester base code. Yeah. And that's the harvesters being the people, the the machines that invaded Earth, or at least attacked Earth, which look like the Celestials. If you're, if you know Marvel, or if you want a better example, think of nine Galactuses. Yeah, or robotic Galactuses, or whatever. Sorry, I said Earth, but it wasn't Earth. It's another planet. Yeah, it's like Uh, nine planets. Yeah, they all planet Narita. Yeah, was that one? But there's Um, nine of them, and there's nine celestials or harvesters that show up, and then that's the weird part. I wonder. I always wondered why they called them harvesters because they didn't harvest anything. They They literally just destroyed everything. That part was definitely confusing. (laughs) I I might have. We might have missed something, but if we all three didn't see it, then chances are they just chose a name and stuck with it with no real logic behind that. Um, so J21 wakes up, but he wakes up on a moon colony, um, where there's like a mine and he was assigned to a family. He was pretty much created and assigned to a family by Dr. Kwan, which I don't know why. Uh, He's he's supposed to be like a bodyguard for the, like, he's like a a (laughs) companion bodyguard for kids. Yeah. Okay. So he's not the only one like that was created. No, 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 no. no, no. Right. But it's just the idea that like darwinism at its worst because it's just like okay here's this robot that will protect my son because there's that scene right where andy does something and literally would have died and Mm -hmm. you know tim saved him and it's just like it's a good thing tim was here and you're like yeah sure (laughs) i guess maybe your kid wasn't stupid or also (laughs) maybe don't bring your kid to a mining colony (laughs) maybe leave the kid with family if you're gonna be on a date like if he goes outside to play and there's a potential of death where the robot has to save him you're maybe not doing the right job mom (laughs) so tim tim wakes up uh doesn't know what's happening connects himself to the internet let's say yeah, for lack of a better term here yeah. um but by doing that he alerts pretty much everybody to his existence yeah, yeah um so at this point everyone knows okay there's a humanoid there's a robot out there we need to go get it because it's a it's worth a lot probably and b probably knows the answers to why things happened 10 years ago yeah his code and yeah. exactly so and at the same time we get the dr kwan the guy who created tim 21 getting approached by a bunch of um I don't even know what to call them, but we're going to say some military personnel from yeah, the council. Yeah, military, yeah. Yeah, they see yeah, them, uh, at least, yeah. Yeah, and uh, one of them is uh, Captain Telsa, or Tesla, as he called her yeah, at first. He yeah, he keeps calling. He doesn't know how to say it. He's just like, her Tesla? Name. It's like, Telsa! Telsa! <laughs> and they tell him, you know, what's going on, and, you know, we found this, and there was an emergency council following the harvester attacks, and we need you to because we found that one of your humanoid androids is still alive and you know you might the be base the base code matches yeah. exactly so pretty much to gra- grab him to 
find um, this this Tim, Tim uh, child companion bot that's still left alive. I do and at this point, we still don't know what Tim's importance is in all this. Really. Yeah. I mean, well, we do know that his base code matches the base code of Harvesters. Yeah. Which, yeah they, but, which they assume is a way to maybe find them and or yeah. destroy them or potentially create their own. Because that's one, one thing. They don't explain why his code is important. Right. Like, exactly. oh, he has a similar code to the Harvesters. Cool. The massive monsters that destroyed us. Good job. I mean, I don't well, know. No, the, <laughs> the, the, the military general of sorts, he's questioning about it and he doesn't respond. But then one of the people questioning is like, you want to make your own. And he basically doesn't. He gives that, oh, I know, he gives I that know. response That's of like, way yes, but like, I'm not. That's way later. But I'm yeah. just saying at the beginning with oh. Tim as a character, you're supposed to feel this connection to him. You know, he's the character that you're seeing the story through. He's our, uh, our protagonist. And you're just like, okay, cool. And then. But one of the things that I feel weird is as a protagonist and the innocence of a robotic child, he also has like an arm cannon that blows holes yeah. through people. Well, that's the yeah, security he feature, doesn't, right? He doesn't know. He doesn't actually know his full potential, I feel like. Yeah. You know yeah, what he reminds me like of? It. Astro. He reminds me of Astro Boy. Exactly. This oh, feels really very much like movie. an Astro Boy story. It's like yeah. you're uh, the last of your kind. It's like take Krypton... The Matrix and Astro Boy put them in a pot and blend it, and mm -hmm. and we've all we've already, like, we've said this. We've said there's no original stories under the sun, but it's if hard, you can or be, it's very hard to find something yeah, that's original. But if you can take what's already there and make it your own and make it interesting, you got me. Yeah. And I feel like I don't know if I feel Lemire really did that for me because I I, I find Tim interesting, but I I say this: the first six issues you didn't do enough for me to love the character. As a protagonist, I'd say definitely the first four. Okay, well, I mean, for me, one the last page of the last issue, I was actually really upset. Yeah, I, I agree with I, that. I was just like, yeah. uh, I was like, oh, volume one ends like this. Yeah, you're not mm -hmm. unique. Like I don't, yeah, like I, you know, I don't know how I'm gonna feel. Like I'm not, I, I, I do want to read volume two, but I'm annoyed that you did it this way. Yeah, and also, um, <clears throat> before Quan, before people find Timmy or Tim, sorry. <laughs> he does befriend his dog that he apparently had way back when. Good old bandit. And he finds Driller. Driller the killer. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was really. He was like very like gang gang mentality. He's <laughs> like just talking. Dr Driller's <laughs> just like hate the humans. Kill, <laughs> kill, kill. He was like a, a, a they deranged call bender. Fumes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like fumes, they don't deserve to exist or something. But, um, but one thing I did not enjoy about. Like especially the first couple of issues, although when it's space and it's in the times where Timmy is discovering, so it's meant to be scary. <clears throat> it's meant to be like very like, I don't know what's going on. Yeah, uh, I thought the art was good for that, but yeah. for everything else, I really hated it. Really, I really didn't like the art. There's many times, especially for example, Bandit. There's times I'm like, is he talking to his ass? Like I can't even tell where this is positioned. <laughs> like don't get me wrong, some there's. It's like continuity wise I'm talking about. Like he has pages that are gorgeous. Like if you go back, like when the you see there's a page where um you know, you see the harvester, he's about to destroy everything and he destroys it. It's a good page. The first page where you're seeing all the ships and things flying around, cool. When you see Tim wake up and he starts walking around the ship, cool. But there's so many other times that you're looking at it and it's like it's just a a blank screen of meshed colors and whatnot and i don't i mean it's it's I water it's kind of like watercolors right i'm I, pretty I, sure I, like, it is. I don't know 
Yeah, like yeah, I liked it a lot actually. Yeah, I was but, gonna say for me, I, I the art is the thing that I like more than no. the story. Yeah, for me, it's a real turn off. Interesting. I really like the use of empty space. Agreed. Because uh, like the way he, I I don't know if this was a white canvas and he didn't paint that area or he did paint it white, but the way he kind of plays with shading and lighting, it's it, it that's what makes it different to me. It really does yeah. feel like paintings. It, it reminds me of like Gabriel Delotto, who's another painter more than comic book artist, and they did that Secret Wars comic book a couple years ago with uh, Nick Fury, Luke Cage, Spider-Man, Black Widow, and Daredevil. And that was all painted, and it was gorgeous. And then this, like, this is obviously not Gabriel Deloto. Don't get me wrong. No one's Gabriel. But this I find beautiful. Like, I, I think the way I, – I do agree with you. There are – one of the things that happens when you have painters do comic books is sometimes painters do these really big, beautiful pieces. Like, from what I understood, Gabriel, when he was doing that comic book, Secret Wars, some of the pages were actually done, like, full walls – that they scanned and then oh, made really? yeah like he did these like big massive paintings that were then reduced and i like the, the idea like some of this stuff it feels like similarly with nuyen there's scenes there's panels that look like big beautiful paintings that they then had to like bring down like you know Shrink the really down, yeah. yeah like the really nice scenic stuff anything that has lots of detail i'm guessing he did like small or maybe he did do big and they shrunk it down but there's like in the first issue, for example, the one where he goes outside with Bandit for the first time. And I get what you're saying about the color. Like, that's another thing, though. If you're painting and then you're going to reproduce the paint in comic books, you, you as much as the technology is advanced, you want to use the same reds. Hmm. So, you know, when Tim is standing next to Bandit, his uniform, the red on his uniform matches Bandit's red. The white matches right. white. So, you know, there are times where I could understand why... If you see the two of them and the shot is kind of weird, it kind of just looks like what is like which where does he start? Where does Bandit start? Where does yeah. he end? So Things I get like that. that. Yeah, and that's okay because sometimes I feel like they're trying to get across the emotion of the scene too with the colors that are chosen. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I, th I feel like it's okay for this whole panel to be colored red because now they're either in danger, yeah, or you know, or like uh, you know, seeing the world through rose-colored glasses, yeah. or like mm -hmm. happy moments, or like greener and. Um, tense moments are sort of like a purpley blue and you know there's this the, yeah. the emotions behind the actual painting when the discussion is going on it's actually pure white in the background and you're only seeing the characters faces you know so i don't know i, I really like the artwork here a lot actually it's very different from what we're used to it's not as it's not sharp lines it's kind of like just flowing uh flowing penciled frames you know it, look, it looks it, to me it looks gorgeous yeah but uh, like again Art is the eye of the beholder. Yeah, not, no, of course, like, of course. You know, yeah. like, because it's example, like, when I was reading Uncanny X-Force for the first time, which is honestly one of my favorite reads, it's one of the things that brought me back into comic books, that was one of my complaints for the first couple of issues. I was not in it, but the story itself mm -hmm. overshadowed everything. Mm -hmm. And this is something that maybe I could have gone on board with it if the story was up to par, but okay. specifically the first four issues for me, I was there, I'm like, can something happen? Yeah. Can something, just give me something. I don't care if it's a random person's body that falls in front of him and he's in examining because he's wondering like how people work. Just something. Mm. Give me something. Because I you, didn't have that. Do you feel that, and this is what we were saying, do you feel that because the story is slightly predictable, it, again, is the coming-of-age story of a robot with a little bit of the Matrix, a little bit of the Astro Boy, like all those, those common elements that come with space and robotics and AI, do you feel that maybe 
we're we're like we as consumers are getting bored with stories like this so that's why this because the first four issues to someone who's never heard any of those stories that i've mentioned would probably be like oh. ooh, space travel uh robotic boy with laser cannons yeah and- if you lived on a rock like in regards mm, to nerds yeah. right like because like this this might be interested to interesting to someone who is maybe not a nerd or not maybe not like a sci-fi or comic yeah. book person mm. but for those people i it, like it's it is unique in the sense you are doing the anti version mm. it's not it's not ai destroying all of earth and then it's yeah. it's the opposite which is cool but like i don't know for me just like to be able to really jump into it it's like if you don't have something that gets knocked out of the park how am i supposed to to react to that you know what i mean like I, like it's it's one of those things like not everything is bad but not everything is good which may which to me it's like Maybe it wasn't necessarily that the art was bad, but mixed with the story, just like how I, I depict some scenes, they're just bland. Oh, okay. And like, so okay. maybe maybe the word I used was not correct. So like the, I, I the, get... the word I, like maybe saying it's bad wasn't, but bland for me was, and everything was blended together and not. So with you using the word bland and then the arts being just very basic, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Because there are panels where it's just like black, white, red. And then the story itself is just one, two, three. So you're kind of like, okay, the story isn't really moving around that much. The art doesn't really move around that much. Let's get to an interesting part. Yeah. So I get that. I get that. Because I definitely agree with you then as to why issues five and six you liked. Because five issues five and six have a new planet, new characters, new colors, you know, lots of, and like interesting twists. Oh, you're finding out secrets and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like yeah. it's, it's like, well, that. see, there you go. So remember how we talked about in our last issue that there wasn't that much exposition. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this one gives us a lot of exposition in the first three, four issues. Yes. It explains a lot. A very it tells slow us what the yeah it's it's so i kind of liked it for that though mm. especially after reading the last one yeah doing them back to back i kind of like this for the fact that okay i understand what's going on i understand why they're looking for this tim 21 i understand who the characters are they're looking for them it's also got a little star wars star wars-esque situation going on with yeah. the, our jabber the hut character mm-hmm. uh sort of trying to capture tim 21 for himself um, I forget what his name now. I'll look it up. Gross, but... gross, gross looking pig character. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Dr. Kwan and Telsa and her companion finding Tim 21 on the moon. Uh, he was already attacked by some scrappers that they already they, they disposed of. And now they're trying to fix him up and take him back so they can, uh, you know, find out what he knows or I don't know what they're going to use him for yet. And then they get captured themselves by this Jabba the Hutt character who now wants possession of Tim 21 for himself and you know and then this is the issue five and six that we get into that you like the most where a lot more of the action takes place because now we know everything now it's like okay what do we do with the information that we know now because it's like uh, and then we find out more about Dr. Kwan oh, yeah. and his deception douchebag um, yeah. when they were captured and he was being tortured again more torture in, in this one as well uh, right away, the Jabba the Hutt character again. His name I can't he's, remember. He's the the leader of the Genichans, and I'm trying to find his name. He's just the pig. Okay, so all these planets are pretty much form their own factions at this yeah. point. A lot of them form their own factions, and they don't really mesh anymore ever since the attacks. Yeah, and they're all after their own survival. And so this planet uh, captured Tim Twenty One and, and Telsa. Yeah, the Genichans, and, and it's King Snock the Third. King Snock. Yeah, just just think of a gross looking pig guy. Yeah. Um. So as he they're like torturing the doctor, they cut off his arm. Yeah. And Brutal. right after doing so, 
he's like, okay, I guess they don't, you know, they're going to kill, they, <laughs> yeah. they're going to kill me. They mean business. And he tells them, okay, I never created this. I didn't invent in 21. I stole the schematics for everything that you guys know that, or you guys think that I created. And then we get into his past and how he came across all that information, which is really uh, through cool. his old, through his old mentor. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is really cool because you end up finding out that they did a, a, a dig archaeological ar- yeah, yeah. yeah archaeological dig uh and then they found an android which makes no sense and when they activate the android the android's like you guys fucked up you guys all fucked up you, you should have activated me they were there like 20 20 000 years ago or, or something, something like that. Like that. some crazy number yeah right yeah. so these humanoid androids have existed on their own without human for a long time they've been on earth before a lot of technology like they so it means like technology we think about time as linear, yeah. but I feel like time is happening all at the same time. Does that yeah. make sense? It, no, so like it's, it's like a, oh, there's a term for that. There's a term where yeah, like people could I go through like all their lives, like, yeah. like seeing through the third eye or whatever, right? Well, they could go all through. I know is that this whole angle of how this has happened before and it will happen again, Bowser Gautica. Like yeah. those are all the things I like Which as I was reading this, and I, again, I'm not mad at the fact that you are taking because I'm sure there was before Battlestar Galactica. There's another story that says this. Oh, Ragnarok! Actually, what am I saying? If we're gonna go back to the original, it's happened before. It'll happen again. Ragnarok with the Thor, not the comic book version, but actual Norse mythology. The whole idea is that it has all happened before. It literally just loops. And that's the and that's the sense you kind of get in this story when you find out that these robots have already been here and the robot wakes up and he's just like, you fucking idiots. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't say it like that, but it's kind of the sense More of like, less. oh man, y'all done fucked up. It's happening. It's gonna happen. <laughs> I didn't, didn't want to say and that. Then, yeah. I, I just like that the original <laughs> professor... The first professor, um, like Professor Kwan's, Solomon, yeah. who is a professor to Quan, is just like, uh, shut it down, shut it down. And he's like, yo, dude, shouldn't we find out more information before we shut it down? He's like, nah, man, I don't want to deal with that shit. Yeah. He's like, he's telling us not smart, to fuck around smart. with it, so why are you yeah. fucking around with it? Yeah, yeah. Like, he, he's a half-deceased android. Yeah. He does not look happy. Yeah. I don't want to bring out whatever yeah. he's talking about. So, Dr. Solomon is the black guy when there's, like, a, like a monster and a weird sound goes off, and he's just like, I'm getting out of here. So, like, that's that, that, like, natural reaction of, like, nah, man, I ain't playing with that. But then this bonehead, Quan's that kid who sits there goes but i wonder what are you talking about <laughs> it's like oh everything's gonna get destroyed hmm tell me more about this destruction that you speak of no stupid i'm telling you we're all gonna die how are we gonna die okay here oh. just take just do what you, you're gonna do like the only thing i really found cool in the first four issues was when you f- found out that there was like a covert robot like in the yeah in the council i'm like oh so you're 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 the your robots street. are hiding people. yeah like cool that means there's probably more of them or something yeah uh the i thought that thing, was super cool the only thing cool about five was really that things were finally happening did you think that that robot so that robot that so there's a scene where the ugc gathers together and after the ugc meeting telsa's father who is essentially one of the higher-ups in the military walks out and one of his underlings approaches him and tells him the Ganesians have your daughter. They have the robot. We're really like, it kind of sucks. And then all of a sudden you see this girl go into a room and she sends a message. We have credible information that the boy is mm-hmm. on Ganesha or Ganesha or Ganesh, whatever the planet's whatever. name is. And then 
something comes out of her. I feel like she took her own, like, what's that thing when you put the, the cyanide? Your, yes. I, I was wondering if they have nanobots. Oh, fuck. And if they take over humans. Oh. Well, no, because the, the girl, if you, if you looked at her hand, it actually yeah, came, she like, it actually yeah, came out saying, of her something, body. Something opened up in her hand, right? No, but I'm saying if nanobots go inside a human body and take over the body and start to use robotics. But we, we, yeah, it's possible. The nanobots start So there eating. could be a much larger population you don't yes, even know. And that's maybe that's why they harvest maybe like later Ooh. on. like. See, because that would make sense for the name, finally. You know what I mean? Because the, the thing Harvesters. That, because mm. the Harvesters, let's say when they did that, when they destroyed everything, what part of that destruction is like when people thought they died, they, that's when the nano, the hypothetical yeah. here, the nanobots went into those bodies and they got reconstructed. But that's like, I, I, that's I, a I pretty far just, stretch. I would think if they're that advanced, they just created humanoid versions of those people that they killed and just left them there, right? Yeah, hmm. like uh, like Battlestar Galactica. Like, what, what are those Cylons, yeah. Cylons, yeah. But it's just, it, it's just because when you see her and she goes into that room and the, the and I agree, her hand does open up so that she can talk and I thought that was super weird. But then I was looking at it and I was just like, there's so much technology in place to try and make sure that robots aren't there and aren't infiltrating and they're really trying to make sure that robots don't come back. How could a robot just be walking around so easily? That's what I found. Well, I mean, if the harvesters are that smart, then I mean, again, assuming that it is the harvesters that created this thing. Oh yeah, we don't know. Right, we don't know, but then it would be easy to, for them to hide the, the identity somehow. But also, why kill her then? Right? Well, that's It's kind of like you're leaving evidence of, of a, a robot, robot in your midst, right? That part I didn't really understand. Because if it was a self-destruct, um, like, it, it, it faded away. But if my theory on nanites, the nanites then leave body. the body and it's a yeah. dead body. But that that True. But, but if we're if we're taking that tossing out conspiracies, baby. no, no, if we're, we're taking that, that's all fine and good, yeah. and you might be right, but you'd have to wait, read way past six to issue oh, of six course. for that, exactly, exactly. So which exactly. case is yeah, not, yeah. which is, it's not curious. It doesn't spark my curiosity enough. For me, yeah, that exactly. pa- for me that panel did. That panel made me really interested. I know it's a throwaway. It's one page. It's a throwaway. You just see this girl. She walks into a room. She says, Hardwire Channel 3. Then they reference a hardwire later on. And I'm just like, that's weird. But then you see that kind of like smoke thing come out of her. Again, it, let's say the scenario is you have a robot infiltrated into the main office. Why would you kill the robot you are robots exactly exactly so that's why i'm thinking like is it a human body that they're just not using that they don't need Mm. anymore because if it's a robot like what you as a robot are part of the like are you a martyr like Mm. again you're right there's i have to read past but yeah but you're right the killing the killing of her after she delivers such good intel yeah doesn't it doesn't really it doesn't make um, sense it doesn't make sense yeah long live the hardwire and then she yeah. kills herself or she self-destructs yeah. if we're to believe that she that's what happened like, like um, but she self-destructs in the in the quote-unquote council or embassy yeah, building yeah, right yeah, so right, it's like, like down the hall it just it's weird yeah. it, it was weird but something for me that was lacking personally for me I, I guess character development and relationship development in this for me was lacking. Like example, although I was interested in Timmy's like discoveries, I was like, it, it waned, uh, finding out that the dad wanted to be, wanted to make his own harvester. I was like, okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But the actual relationship with your daughter, 
I don't care. I admit a badass uh, moment is when you find out how uh, his wife and her mom died because yeah. they're, 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 the harvester went and cut her in half and stuff. That was cool, but again, I that was excessively predictable that the mom died tragically. And I was like, obviously, she died in front of this girl. That's why she's so bitter. Mm. Um, the only cool character development that I enjoyed was... Driller, killer, and that guy. Tola, I don't. Tullus. Tullus. Like when they finally like start when they're putting the gladiator pit and yeah. like he jumps on one of the robots, rips off a gun just so that he could have one. I was like, okay, cool. You're starting to wrap me up, but the fact that I had to go through like four and a half issues to get to this point. Yeah. Like it. it, it yeah. It, it, that that it, relationship was very Rocket Raccoon and Group. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. 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 Well, now you're right. That very is, good yes, analogy. Yes. Yes. But for me, it's like. It, it, it basically it's for me personally for me the thing that was that this book was suffering from and it, it's cool because some books are like this it's suffering from the slow burn concept you okay. gotta read a bit and you gotta get i bet at some point in time this gets super interesting I but mean, four we, and a half issues in and i'm still met and even at the end of issue six specifically you're yeah. like eh, like thumbs up They'll see, way, waning to thumbs down. <laughs> i feel like we're two different kinds of readers with a lot of different content uh when it comes to different content because to me this was like just right. Yeah, it was enough it to make you want to read it, more, right? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like super overtly like, oh man, what's going to happen next? But I, it kept my attention. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm getting my questions answered pretty much every other issue. Um, enough exposition and sort of character relationship for me to buy into what their mission is. Yeah. And the reveal at the end of another, uh, spoiler alert, of another Tim uh, Android existing. So this guy is Tim 21, the one we've been learning about the whole time. Another mercenary walks in with a Tim twenty two, and that's the reveal at the end. No, so it's, it's not another mercenary. It's another. It's it's the robot group. Yeah, the hardwires. It's the hardwires. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. So yeah, can I ask it. you a question? Yeah. Both of you, were you shocked? Uh, like, Seriously, for the second you saw him, were you shocked that Tim twenty two existed? Yeah. Like, oh, no. you look like my son. And then that's Tim twenty two. I was shocked in the sense that I was annoyed that that's where they went. I was just like. You know, this whole thing's happening, and I figured that those robots, Hardwire, whatever they're called. Yeah, I think it's Hardwire that they keep referring yeah, to them as. it is. But I, I was just like, okay, so yeah. Hardwire are going to show up, the underground robot resistance. They've come for Tim21. They know that he's important. They've intercepted all the communication. This kid holds the code that's similar to the Harvesters. The hu the robots have been completely treated like crap after everything that the Harvesters did. They want revenge on the humans. Maybe they want to build their own Harvesters to come back and destroy the humans again. Who knows? So that's what I'm thinking. I'm just like, that's why they're coming for Tim21. They want the code. I'm super excited. Then I get to that last panel, and it's just like, meet Tim22. Oh, Tim21, meet my son. First of all, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't know Pius was out there or I am Pisius. I didn't know Pisius was out there doing that, you know, slanging that you know, you robotic know that, You know when he had the, you know when he you know when he had the dream of yes, the under like a bunch cool. of so I feel I like robots, the hardwire like the hardwire are the rebels, right? Yeah. At this point, the hard so like that girl who killed herself in the embassy was working for the rebels, not the actual enemy enemy, not the harvesters, no. right? Okay, yeah. Uh, it's funny how you guys uh, think that they're one, not one of the same. Oh, interesting. That's what I like. Yeah. I'll say my point after you guys are done. Yeah, I do think they're not the same. I do think you have the robots or the machines that were created on these planets yeah. by Dr. Kwan. And then yeah. you have the harvesters who are this like ancient, ancient yes, civilization exactly. who came back because they had a beacon that was launched upon the creation of the Tim androids. Okay. 
Um, that's exactly. But yeah, that, yeah, you and yes. I are in this. That's exactly what I thought. Because because the thing yeah. for me, the thing something I didn't like, and this is me why I was turned off. I predicted a lot of this while I was reading it. Well, the, I mean, and like example when he's like, "Oh, you're gonna see my son." I'm like, "It's it's Tim." Like <laughs> I was like not. I didn't even like even before he said son. I'm like, so I wonder when they're gonna finally show like the base model that actually made this. Hmm. I was waiting for it. Okay. And so like, when I saw, I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And even in my head, I'm like, okay, so he has the same codex. So these guys are the harvesters. These are probably the guys who did it all. Or there's probably mm. a good reason for it. Maybe the harvesters are like the ancient version of themselves that are evil, but these guys are for sure part of the same family. Yeah. And I, for, so like the, the only thing that shocked me when I was reading it much was when he was like, oh, I'm not the originator. I'm like, okay, cool, 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 cool. And then it fell back into, okay, well now I know how this is going to go out. I know you're going to see, I know you're going to meet another, at least one other Tim 22 that's not made by a human being that's made by these robots. Mm. Even when I saw the, when I saw the okay. girl, when I saw her, like, we know where he is. I'm like, yeah, you're going to claim your property because you have like other ones. And like, you want to make sure they didn't bastardize your, your children. My one thing with that is why would robots make a robot to look human? That's what any, I find any weird. Image. No, I know, because, but because I, I just sure find they're... it weird. Like, why would you make Tim Twenty Two like Pisius does not? Pisius is a robot. He doesn't look like a they're human. Hu but they're humanoid looking. They're humanoid looking robots. <laughs> so if anything... but they literally made Tim Twenty Two and Tim Twenty One, who was made by Quan, look like humans to in to infiltrate humanity for sure. But you think that's what well, Tim Twenty Two is supposed to infiltrate humanity? Not not twin not twin Tim Twenty Two. Yes. Like their 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 spawn for sure because I have a feeling at the end of the day there's gonna be some type of balance between harvesters were evil maybe harvest there's some harvester like uh lack of a better term uh group that okay. wants to kill the humans they're infiltrating the humans after that whole thing okay and then we have to find her we have to figure out a way to get around that look normal and be able to figure out what the hell's really going on what are how are we gonna do that well we'll make androids that look like humans hmm. okay like that's the thing is like yeah. maybe i've watched too many sci-fi things that this reminded me a lot of stuff well dude I i've said from the beginning this is irobot matrix like every different page is even the girl that we're talking about the one that if if uh dissolves or whatever and martyrs herself at the end she looks like the robot from uh blade runner the, the true. girl true. Mm. Very true. like all yeah. of it looks familiar to me so that's why while i was reading this i was just like eh, you know there's i see a lot of pe peppering pieces to make a story but you know i i just was i found it a little weird but i also didn't dislike the story cool yeah well i think, right. think we did the review yeah I think so. uh, toby was just about to say the same uh yep best favorite worst robots Best favorite worst robots. Um, there's, there's a huge list actually here, so I, I'm not really. It's gonna be hard for me to pick either. Oh, I know. Uh, I, I I've put in some thought into this because I knew it would be hard. <laughs> I'll go with my favorite, and my favorite it may not be a popular one because it's not a good robot. It's a villain. Um, I'm gonna go with the T1000 okay. as my favorite uh, robot. Or machine whatever you want to call them um solely because man a was one of my favorite movies uh t2 uh b he looked indestructible um this is a liquid really hard one, right for, yeah, yeah like okay. this was one of the scariest like robots like villain i've ever seen and i think uh I actually honestly was rooting for him at some point. I'm like, there's no way they're going to beat this thing. <laughs> and the only way for them to beat him was to what? 
like melt him. Yeah, burn him, like dissolve him. him. Which technically, based on the alloy that he's made off of, Thank that would that really wouldn't have worked. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, I think that's gonna be my favorite one. What about you? Uh, my my favorite robot would definitely be uh, Dragonzord. Hmm. Is that really a big robot? Uh, it's a big robot mechanical thing that it's manned has... though. We're uh, talking it's like... more no, you it's more that you give it commands and it follows the command, which I'd say that's pretty much a robot. Uh, okay, if sure, we start having sure, the debate of yeah, what counts that, as a robot, yeah, like it's a whole <laughs> other thing. Podcast. You know, like, we only have so much time. But no, we'll I, I would say it. I would say that I would say that Dragonzord is okay. a robot. My favorite. You, Doc? My favorite. Yeah. Hot Rod Rodimus Prime. Oh shit. Transformers baby. He has a whole shelf of his own on my display. I almost want to change my choice. <laughs> I, I, I almost want. I definitely think I might want to change my choice. <laughs> I just like. I him. Should have guessed that. Yeah, I mean, it's one of he's him and Optimus are two of my favorite characters. Sound Blaster, Track. Actually, I, I won't. I won't go into yeah, this that. This is gonna be a list. Because <laughs> my best and favorite will just literally be me like listing off all the '80s Transformers that I love. So now I'm curious. So if that's your favorite, what's your best? The best robot. Best robot. See, that's always... It's, let's, let's broaden the term robot for a second here. We're going to say machine, android, whatever you want to call it, all fall into that category. Yeah. I mean, yeah, because I figured, like, Transformers are sentient. Like, yeah. yeah. I, that's, I, you know, they're, they're robots in disguise, but I've always thought of them as, like, well, they're sentient beings. They're just another species. Yeah, they're a species I, that happens to be mechanical, but I, you know, robot makes me... Because the word robot makes me think of something that we're controlling as opposed to... Hmm. Or more, not not not, lack of a better term, not necessarily slaves to us, but like they follow yeah. they follow instruction, right? Yeah, I always picture like when we say the word robot, it's something that is, you know, not you're right, not enslaved, but has to follow what our directives, the three laws, and all yeah. that junk, yeah. and like they don't think on their own yeah. necessarily. But we're we're expanding on that. Yeah, we're we're, saying, we're expanding okay, on yeah. that. We're because yeah, like it'd, so be too, it'd be splitting hairs at that point. Yeah, because hot rod is my definitely- my. My best, yeah. just to start that conversation, I'm gonna go with Ava from Ex Machina. Oh, I ooh. Ava from Ex Machina is a pretty manipulative, yeah. smart, everything that you would want or cool. not want in a in a in a sentient sort of humanoid robot android. That's all she is. She learned how to manipulate. She learned how to be like the whole thing was really about her humanity. Yeah, and how she chose to use her humanity. Yeah. Um based on her condition she would she felt locked up she never really felt human right and she was never really treated as a human she was tre- t- uh, treated more like a like a caged animal and it's good to see that what if one of us was caged like that with the sort of powers that we have how would we get out of that situation and she did it perfectly in my opinion and when she left that cave yeah it made you realize oh shit the world is fucked. Like <laughs> the world is fucked if she's unleashed out there. So I'm gonna go with the best being her because if anyone can bring about the the sort of apocalypse, I think it's her. <laughs> okay. Um. So I'll go with my best. I'm I'm gonna go with what I consider the OGs of robots. Okay. The 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 robots that without these guys, I don't think anybody would have been able to really connect. I think God, it's don't any. Don't tell me C3PO or uh, I, Hold on, let me finish. Uh, let me finish. <laughs> what I'm gonna say is the first time you ever remember your first robot that you remember 
that you really remember, with maybe the exception of Transformers, <laughs> yeah, from would Transformers. be C-3PO and R2-D2 no, okay. as a unit. <laughs> they, they're in all the films. They survive all the films. They have their own comic book series. They have their own TV show. Without they, they show all the, the emotions. A lot of people were influenced by them, whether they wanted to uh, emulate them or find the exact opposite versions of them. So it's mm. it's kind of like chicken before the egg type thing. That's what's that's that's what's influencing me. I'm not saying they're the best and they're the baddest or whatever, but without them, would the concept of robots for us be changed? I think so. So that's why I put it that. Okay. Very popular choice. That is annoying. It is annoying. I agree. But like when I sat there and I was I was I was thinking about it for a while and I thought of a lot. I went through Transformers. I went through a lot of things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I'm like. If it wasn't for these things, these two, would we know it as it is today? I don't know. Damn you, George yeah, came up with a lot of good it's stuff. Kinda, <laughs> it's kind of hard to argue against C-3PO and R2-D2 as, like, they're the best because they're the originators. So, at, like, all creators after that tried to emulate off of the stardom that came from those types of robots. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. so, and they're yeah. the first AI to almost really kind of because they came before transformers right no no uh oh 77 yeah they came before transformers but i'm trying to think of like the only they're doctor not the who first, would, doctor who would be the only one i could imagine that there was robots in that oh. show i'm I, I i mean my worst is the robot from lost in space the original series oh. God. <laughs> danger 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 robinson danger that and he's from before them and if anything, he's the the pro he's the reason I say he's the worst is because anytime people thought of robots back then, that's who they thought of. This protective moronic robot that kind of swings its arms around and is trying to protect Will Robinson. And I just wanted to blow his head off because I was just like, you are not protecting anyone waving your arms around like that. You are, if anything, drawing way more attention <laughs> to this poor kid. Also, stop saying his goddamn full name out here so that everyone knows who he is. Danger. Master, but, whatever you want to do, but stop saying his name to everyone. Um, the yeah, the newer your, version on the though? Netflix version of Lost in Space is way better. Yeah, actually. the Lost in Space Netflix series version is badass. What, I, what yeah, was your yeah. best? Did you skip over your best? Or did uh, you yeah, that? I didn't say my best. I was still thinking. Because um, <laughs> like, my favorite and my worst. But yeah, I, I, I still am not sure of who I think the best robot is. I'll go with who the worst is for me, and it's going to stick in the Star Wars universe. I don't like BB-8. Not one bit. <laughs> yeah, BB-8 is annoying. <laughs> I don't even understand the hype. It was all they just created this he, weird hype he, around this circular spherical thing that somehow magically can go upstairs. Yeah, it, it, with no. But he climbs the this. stairs with the grappling, like he like shoots a cord, pulls himself up, shoots. Okay, a cord. fine. How about when he's traveling on sand? Something that perfectly round and spherical. Yeah, should just can actually spin in play. Yeah, yeah. It can't really travel or have any grip or anything like that. Anyway, I agree with you. It's just. There was no use for it. I didn't like him at all. There was just no use. People like Give me R2-D2 all day over this guy. R2-D2's baby. That's why people like him. He's not R2-D2's baby. A lot of people make the comparison that he's the baby of R2-D2. That's why people like him. And he's cute. What I would say as my worst, because I hate him and it made me hate a TV show. Mind you, I'm not necessarily the biggest Fantastic Four fan as it is. But Herbie, I fucking hate that robot. He's such a sack of shit. He's such a sack of shit. I hate him so much. I remember what I remember when I was a 
kid watching Teletoon and they're starting to bring back all the retro shows. Yeah. I'm like, Hulk, okay, that's cool. It's a little off. And then I saw the, uh, you know, Justice League and Amazing Friends or whatever. Yeah. Like, okay. And then they showed this Fantastic Four. I'm like, that, that looks actually very interesting. And I'm like, there's Reed, there's Sue, there's Thing. Where's Johnny? We don't have Johnny. Hey, we have Herbie. You want to know who, you wanna know who you. Herbie kind of looks like? Is BB-8, no? Same, <laughs> no, if anything. the same round underbelly. No, no, if anything, he, he looks legs. like Wally. Or Wally looks like him. Yeah, okay. It's a mix of both. Yeah, guys, Which I don't... Wally would win the cutest robot, probably. I don't think I have a best robot. I can't really? think... Of... Yeah, I, I mean... Oh, I know who my best robot is. One of my favorite robots, one of the best robots, the robot from iRobot, the one that was made denser. I like the idea that a robot is so well-programmed that its whole ideology and understanding of how it connects to people is through how it was built. And it realizes that it was built with a purpose and like a human starts to feel important. Uh, and like like okay. there's so much in that story. That's why he's one of the best. I don't know if he is the best, but he's one of the best. Mm. Yeah. That's, no, that's a good point. That's yeah. a valid point. Yeah. I mean and, and that said, there are a ton more, like oh, you God. said. You oh, know, yeah. there's, there's I should have researched big, way big, more because Big Hero Six, there's uh Iron Giant. There's even Chappie, I think, deserves an honorable mention here. I, I, hate it, Chappie. I never got a chance to see that movie. I actually really uh, I liked it. I liked Chappie a lot. I didn't like um, it. Yeah. I think I think that about covers it, guys. Okay. Cool. And you know what? Worst will have to be Robocop. Anyway, all right. So <laughs> oh, final, <laughs> final thoughts on Descender, guys. Uh, Doc? Out of five? Out of five. Three? 3.25? Okay. 3.25, 3.5. I like the story. I like the art. I think it's interesting. But like I said, I'm one of those people that I. it's really hard for me to ignore similarities. I see iRobot in this with the when he gets pulled into the dreamscape and sees all the robots in front of him. That's literally iRobot right there. I see Astro Boy in his arm cannon. I see the Matrix and how they treated robots. I see the you know the the Superman syndrome of being the last uh, the survivor's remorse, I guess, if anything. Even though he doesn't really have emotions, but kind of being like the last Tim, and then which is I guess undone. But so there's a lot of different pieces. You know, it's like you made a you made this delicious stew. You toss in all the ingredients. You made up, and it's good. I actually enjoyed the stew. I'm not mad at the ingredients you put in you know i like those ingredients separately and i like them in the stew so for me it's a three it's a 3.5 especially with the art i really do i know you didn't like the art but i genuinely like the art i do i do i did too yeah uh that said i mean you gave this close to the same score as the last issue we just read so i don't know well the last issue 2.5 remember we all dropped it in there because we went down yeah yeah, yeah, you convinced us yeah yeah yeah, yeah. otherwise (laughs) about our choices uh i'm gonna give this a 3.5 as well okay uh there there's i feel like there's a lot more to be told i am curious as to what tim 22 has to do with any of this yeah. or what the what the um hitchhiker i was about to call them hitchhikers um the Scabbers? what do they call again the hardwire oh, yeah yeah i want to know what their purpose is in all this and their reason for coming after tim 21 yeah um yeah, I think there's a lot more story to be told, mm-hmm. and they have me. So I'll probably read for another volume and see where it takes me from there. True. What about you, Dave? They definitely pissed this 
pissed on this enough with pisses. <laughs> um, I, I, you get points for the attempt. I don't know about the I execution. stuttered. I stuttered. It's because I stuttered. Um, I give it a 2.79. Like Wowzers. It's, it's, oh, God. It's just, I really was turned off by the art. Don't get me wrong. I, there's definitely certain pages that are absolutely beautiful. There's actually some pages, even the cover... That I, I think what cover is that doc? The the the, the cover is uh, the volume one tin yeah tin stars. Like I actually think it's a re like there are certain pages that I I would even be happy to put in my house like as it, art so, yeah as art. definitely definitely. But for me I didn't like it. I, it was a throw off mixed with for me a lot of being able to like precog everything. I predetermined a lot of what was going on throughout the whole thing. It just wasn't for me. Sure, if you're really into sci-fi and you want something that's the opposite of the norm. Pick it up. I'm not saying it's not a read, but uh, maybe someone paid me. I'd read the next volume. Oh, damn. You have to be paid to read? Okay. Not a lot. Like, at least a toonie or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> something. <laughs> Buy me a coffee. Buy I'll read your comic book. You know? Exactly. <laughs> Give me a cheeseburger. That's funny. Okay. So, guys, that's the end of the show. Final thoughts. Uh, that That is the, the end of the issue. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. It's been another fun one. Dave, squared-idea.com. Please visit. Uh, by the time you're listening to us, definitely we have Trinity 1 out. We definitely have uh, the Fathom out. Uh, so, uh, Mike has an interesting, uh, eventually, coffee table book, uh, Animals with Weapons, which you could check on our Instagram. Uh, it's it's quite hilarious. It's very enjoyable to see. Uh, and and, uh, and Mike, you're listening. Um, I have some ideas on animals uh, with weapons because I was thoroughly... Uh, unsatisfied with your previous one uh, that had to do with the anteater. I felt like that was a bit of a cop-out, Mike. So, if, Mike, if you're listening, uh, I would like uh, to throw some suggestions out there to you. Uh, so, yeah, Mike, if you are listening, I'm only saying this because Mike literally walked into the room not too long ago. Say hello to the people, Mike. Oh, hold on, hold yeah, on. Let me, let me, like, you want to turn his mic on? Yeah, let me turn his mic on. Say hello. Hello, hello. There you go. <laughs> okay, so uh, this uh, that was a result of not thinking ahead because originally I got overzealous because I thought spear anteater, and uh, after oh. saying it enough times, I was like, you know what, that is totally unsatisfactory. <laughs> but I had already drawn the anteater, so I, I went through. I think maybe. 20 minutes to 40 minutes of just <laughs> looking at all the weapons of history trying to find one that would rhyme with, with anteater. Eater. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, it was beyond frustrating. <laughs> and the worst part was I didn't go silly. And if you look in the comments, somebody's put egg beater. And I was like, Jesus yes. Christ. That was, that was, that was, you? That was it you? Is that you? No, I said it. I didn't even know that that happened. Oh, okay. Because like, okay. I know you suggested it at one point. Because there was somebody that said yeah. egg beater. I'm like, you know what? That probably would have been funny because I probably could have just tangled the egg beater yeah. within its tongue. <laughs> and it would have been funny. But uh, repeater rifle. Well, now you know. Now you know. Now I know. Yeah, well, but like part of the fun is the guessing game. And yeah, the best is part fun. is... Uh, is when somebody suggests something and I was, and it always blows my mind. I'm just like, oh my god, that was such a good idea. Why didn't I think of that? But I mean, you know, it's part of the literature. <laughs> I wrote curve, space I heater. <laughs> yeah, that killed me. I was like, what's he gonna that's do? Actually, just like, that's actually good too. Just like like with the cord, like he's like <laughs> like David and Goliath type thing. But yeah, uh, if you want uh, for Geektastic when we're doing it, I'm gonna be talking a little bit of it as well. So if you want to throw some ideas or comments in there, if you have any ideas, go for it, man. 
Done. Very open. Nice to su- very open to suggestion. I would. I have a, a list that's slowly growing, and it's not my own ideas. I send, I send him ten a day. It, it's a, like a collective of random people that I talk to about it. That are just like, hey, did you do this? And yeah. Like, yeah. Oh. That's awesome. Thank you. I love I love the That's idea great. that this is gonna, it's like a you know, you're the creator but a lot of people are like pitching collaborators yeah collaborators there yeah that's the right word i always liked the idea of uh involving my audience so like uh, even for the fathom uh if somebody let's say had a really good pick of themselves as a zombie i say send it in there's a good chance i can make you a zombie in one of the issues so there you go i like uh, i like involving people if i can i find it i find it creates a much more enjoyable read oh what's your instagram it's always much more fun when it's interactive What's what's your Instagram? Uh, Coxy Art. So it's C zero X Y underscore Art. There you go. It used to be the Fathom, but then I realized that. Um, cool, well, you're doing other things too. Yeah, yeah, and I realized that I was like, okay, I'm not going to start multiple Instagram pages. Yeah, that's just that's fair. That's absolutely fair. pointless. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, Coxy Art C zero X Y underscore Art. There you go, there guys. You go. That's the whole show. Thank you very much. That fit, dude. At that fit dude on Instagram. That's right. The Adonis. Uh, and <laughs> oh, didn't we look up Adonis? You should, that, take, that, it. You should take that handle. And then bro. at Brian <laughs> at Brian Holiday H O L I D A E. Find us on Instagram. And yeah, that's the whole show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, you can always check everything out at FranklinArmstrong.com. We have Geektastic Cypher. That's Canon. Running with Wolves. The Morning Deep, which is on CKUT in Montreal. You can listen to it at 7 a.m. on TuneIn, the app. And lastly, the most recently added K&Them podcast. Check it all out on FranklinArmstrong.com or follow us on Instagram at a strong Franklin. That's the show, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will be back with another wonderful issue in the near future. That's it. That's hey. all. See you next time. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>